0: Hello Malcolm here and welcome to this fifth class in the series for the Watford Men this Autumn Winter 2022 uh, on the topic of finding the Father's face and thinking about our relationship with our Father God and what it means also for us as fathers to our children. We've been coming to examine from the Lord's Prayer in particular the way in which Jesus perceived his Father God and what he wanted us to know about Father God through his prayer. The Lord's Prayer teaches about prayer, but it also teaches us how to relate to God as Father and indeed what he's like, what what is important to him. So this series has been designed to help us to understand our Father better through the Lord's Prayer, to come to know him better, enjoy him more as Father God, and hopefully to be a more Father God-like father to our children if, if uh, if we are dads. And also we hope to be able to represent our Father God more accurately to the world around us, and thus to make him more more attractive for people to get to know, one would hope and pray for. So this week we're up to the section of the prayer about forgiveness. Jesus said we should pray that uh, God would forgive our debts. Our Father God would forgive our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Our Father God is forgiving. What does that mean? That's what we discussed last Wednesday. So I want to bring you the outline of my notes that I prepared for the discussion, but also some of the feedback from the discussion that we had with the men, which was actually, I think, so far possibly the most profound and helpful to me of all the discussions we've had so far. So our Father God is forgiving. So the scriptures, the scriptures that come to mind, what scriptures come to mind and what come to your mind? And we talk about the following statements. I've got some statements. First statement, forgiveness is not earned by performance. Is that true? Forgiveness is not earned by performance. In the book that we've been basing a lot of this on by um, uh, James uh, Brian Smith uh, in his book The Good and Beautiful God he says the narrative goes like this generally um, love and forgiveness are commodities that are exchanged for performance that's the way our world often thinks about it but God's love acceptance and forgiveness uh, uh, is often said must be merited by right living that's the feeling we often have what God wants for us most is to not sin and instead to do good. Now, this narrative he says, is rooted, as all false narratives are, in a, in a half-truth. True, God does not want us to sin, and God does want us to do well. But that's only because sin harms us, and acts of goodness are healing both to us and to the recipients of our goodness. So we have to sometimes reframe our thinking about why and how God will forgive us. And is it true that forgiveness is not earned by performance? Well, some of the men in the meeting pointed out, for example, Luke 23, the thief on the cross. Jesus said in verse 42 uh, to the man, the man said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. That chap was not able to do any performance <laughs> to, to, uh, to, to uh, not only ask for forgiveness, but for God, for Jesus to offer it to him. Well, what about the paralyzed man in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 2? They bring the paralyzed man lying on a mat. Jesus saw their faith and he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Has he earned it? Has he performed anything that's going to earn that kind of forgiveness? No. Okay, second statement. What do you think about this? God is enjoys forgiving. What do you think? Is that true? Father God enjoys forgiving? Richard Foster says this, God is one who forgives our trespasses. At the heart of God is the desire to forgive and to give. God loves to forgive even more than we long to be forgiven. In a word, our Father pardons. See, God does not have to be persuaded to forgive, does he? Luke 15, verse 7, I tell you in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sin who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. The image there of forgiveness is one of rejoicing. God enjoys forgiving. He's throwing a party. He enjoys just pardoning us. That's quite a thought, isn't it? Statement number three. What do you think about this? Sins are not forgotten, but they are not used against us. Sins aren't forgotten, but they're not used uh, against us. Now, one of the men pointed out, Isaiah 43, 25, where God says, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. So that's saying he doesn't remember our sins, but I'm contending that perhaps he does. Was there a contradiction? Am I arguing with Isaiah and and the scripture? Well, no, I don't think so, because I think these are different contexts and carry different meanings. God doesn't remember our sins in the same sense that even if he did, and I think he does, because I don't know that God can actually forget anything. He is God. But I think what's being tried to convey here is that our sins are never held against us. When God's forgiven our sins, they're not still there waiting to to, co- to, to come out of the woodwork and, and, and hit us again with some kind of punishment. No, our sins are dealt with as far as the east is from the west, as it says elsewhere. God doesn't use our sins against us, even though he knows them. It's like we forgive our kids. We need to, when we forgive our kids, not bring up their past mistakes. Well, I'll forgive you this time, but then there was that time two years ago and that time five years ago and then that time. That's not helpful for anybody. We also need to learn how to forgive ourselves in that sense of not holding our past sins against us if God does not hold them against us. Allow yourself to be forgiven. Uh, Isaiah 43, and put that together with some of the scriptures and see what you think. Statement number four. Forgiveness is not in short supply. Forgiveness is not in short supply. Do you believe that? Do you think that's right? He says in the book, when we offer forgiveness, we do not then have less of it, nor do we diminish our capacity to forgive each time we forgive. When we forgive others, do we run out of forgiveness? No. When God forgives us, does he run out of forgiveness? Well, of course not. But sometimes we might feel like that's the case. Examples, John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, talking to the Samaritan woman who needed his forgiveness. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Now, that statement means more than just forgiveness, but it encompasses forgiveness within it, as indeed she needed, if you know the story, a lot of forgiveness, but it wasn't ever going to run out. Fifth statement, forgiveness is an act of love. What do you think? Do you agree? Forgiveness is an act of love. See, God not only forgives sinners, but he loves them. We see Jesus with the tax collectors and those kinds of people because he loves sinners. The parable of the prodigal, the father kisses the son as a sign of forgiveness. is an act of love. Some of the men brought up these scriptures. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God demonstrates his own love for us in this While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Love and forgiveness going together. Or John 3.16, classic, isn't it? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Doesn't mention forgiveness, but it's included, isn't it? Or what about Numbers 14, verse 19? In accordance with your great love, forgive the sin of these people, just as you have pardoned them from the time they left Egypt until now. Final statement. I think it's the final one. Let me check. Yes, it is. Okay, final statement. What do you think about this one? Forgiveness is strength. Forgiveness is strength. In the book, uh, Smith says, forgiving someone makes us appear weak and vulnerable, but it actually reveals strength and power. When victims forgive, they become victors, not over others, but for others. Our weakness prevents us from being able to forgive. We need strength. Our fear keeps us from surrender and sacrifice but people in whom Christ dwells learn to live and to give as Jesus did. Jesus is not merely a model to emulate or imitate he is a source of strength to rely on we need strength to be able to forgive but when we do we're utilizing the strength that Christ gives us through his spirit uh, as Philippians 4 verse 13 says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us to do those things things. What things? The Christ-like things, as in forgiving others as we have been forgiven. Jesus had the strength to forgive Peter, John 20 and John 21. Jesus had the strength to forgive his brothers who didn't believe in him and then later did. So do you think, what do you think about that? Forgiveness is strength. It takes strength to become weak and vulnerable in the way that we forgive others. So questions for discussion that we discussed uh, last Wednesday and you can discuss If Father God is forgiving, well, what does that actually mean for you and me? If Father God is forgiving, how can we become more aware of the reality of that? And thirdly, if Father God is forgiving, how can we enjoy his forgiveness? If he enjoys forgiving us, how do we enjoy his forgiveness? And then relating those questions to our roles as fathers, for those of us who are, what does it mean to be forgiving for our children what does that look like what does it mean how can we help our children secondly to be more aware of our forgiveness more aware aware of when they're being forgiven but also more aware of our desire to forgive and thirdly what can we do so that our children enjoy our forgiveness they are grateful for that more than perhaps they are fearful of our judgment well that's our fifth class the sixth class is this coming wednesday so come and join us if you like it'll be 7:30 at the west watford free church uh, church building uh, on Tolpits Lane in Watford. You're, everybody's welcome. Our sixth and final class will be on "Father God is our protector." Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from the evil one. We'll be discussing that on Wednesday, and I'll make a recording afterwards to bring you the fruits of that discussion. Hope you found that useful, or, or at least interesting. And let me know what you think about it. You can drop a note wherever you hear or see this recording and leave that comment publicly because we then we can learn from each other, and we learn best when we're learning in community. If you want to have uh, know anybody anything else about any more details about our meetings, then drop me an email, malcolm at malcolmcox.org. If you haven't already done so, hit the subscribe button, notification button, and, uh, and you'll, you'll get to know about the next recording when it goes up. And if you'd like a free copy of my book on spiritual disciplines, then sign up for my newsletter at the website. Hope you found this helpful. Our Father God is incredible. Getting to know him, seeking his face, is maybe the most important thing we can ever do. Thicker and godless.